Oh, g'day everyone and welcome to another edition of Tuesday Night Live, an edition that promised to be huge with tons of stuff happening at the Adelaide Footy Club, retirements and uh, injuries and racial slurs and uh, amongst all that, not a bad effort against Port Adelaide. So without further ado, let's crack straight in, shall we? Good evening, everyone, and thanks for joining us again on Crowcast Tuesday Night Live this 10th of August, Tuesday night, of course. Joining me as usual is Pete. How are you going, Pete? Hi, Fane. How are you this evening? Very good, mate. Very good. Uh, Tons to talk about, as we mentioned just before the show. Welcome to everyone who's joined us on Discord and particularly on the live studio audience on Discord. Don't forget... We're interactive, so uh, I'm sure people have got opinions about stuff that's happened this week. So get amongst it on the live studio chat, put your virtual hand up and we'll get you on stage to uh, have your say. Of course, thanks to everyone who's joined us also on YouTube. Uh, The YouTube chat streams into Discord so we can all interact together like a nice little community, Peter. Isn't Isn't technology just great? It's great until it doesn't work, and I'm seeing a couple of messages on there saying that apparently there's no audio on no YouTube audio at the moment. No audio on YouTube. Well, that sucks. Pictures, <laughs> not, pictures that's not right, is it? That's not right. Let's see if we can just sort that out for a minute. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, it's a good thing I'm all over this bloody... Uh, where are we? So that's uh, that one. That should work, I think. How's that working? Give us a message. Mr. YouTube. Give us a message quickly. <laughs> Hopefully, Hopefully it is. We, uh, we're nothing if not consistent with our technical issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. Never mind. Uh, that's go. part of our charm. Part of our charm. Part of the charm. Part of the yeah. charm. All right. Yep, all good. Um, so, yeah, welcome to everyone on YouTube, belatedly. Uh, and uh, let's crack straight in, Peter, before uh, we talk about all the goings-on. Uh, let's just quickly touch on the showdown. What were your thoughts on the showdown? Yeah, plenty of thoughts uh, on the showdown, mainly because with the way ticketing was, I had the um, the uh, alternative experience of sitting in the nosebleeds um, right. in the Western Stand. And it is a really, it's actually quite a good alternative in the sense that you do have, you get a fantastic view of exactly yeah. what's going on because yeah. you're looking down on the game. And um, what became apparent to me, and I did post it in the game day, and I should uh, start off by apologising unreservedly for uh, getting out of control. Um, so if anybody was offended, I, I do apologise, and I apologise to your fame because I know I was trying to make that positive, but... But what was happening is that, and it was very, very clear to see, is that um, we were playing a very, very close um, man-on-man um, setup. There was no zoning at all, and this was right the way across the ground. There was very, very little space um, across the ground at all. And if you've watched Port play, they play a very, very uncontested 
brand of football. They'd be one of the best teams going around it, picking their way through zones, and um, and they set up and they end up with a, a hell of a lot of uncontested possessions. Yeah. And um, yeah, look, it was it was really quite interesting to see how the game was being played because it was just um, it was just a brutal sort of contest. You know, hack it forward as best you could. Then it gets to the next contest, and then whoever's in the area kind of converges. And then it yep. gets to the next contest. And there were a few little bits of open passage play, but it was, you know, generally speaking, pretty rare. And, you know, and to be fair to Matthew Nix, who had obviously that was the game plan we went in with, it, it worked because I don't know how many times you would have seen Port kick one goal five up to half time at Adelaide Oval. No. But no. it would not, have happened, would not have happened very, very often, I don't think. Um, and I think that's why I was getting a little bit touchy about people criticising Riley just because um, it was extremely difficult. And if you have to actually, if you look at the stats at the end of the game, um, you know, his statistics were pretty much the same as Charlie Dixon's, who's mm. a seasoned, you know, veteran and yep. um, key position player. And if you looked at also conversely, if you looked at, you know, you look at Aaliyah, who was obviously fantastic, had 16 intercepts, but by the same token, Jordy Butts had 14 Jordan, Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. And Duda so had as well. He, yeah, if you, and so if you added all those together, so look, I guess what I'm trying to say is that watching from that angle, you could see that it was just the delivery. It was just hack, hacks in, and then you know win a contest, hack it in. There was really little, very very little system from either side. Yeah, and I think Zach Zach Butter said on the in the media today, it was kind of the game was reduced to our level. Well. You know, in some ways, it, 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 it was right because I think that if we'd played, if we'd tried to set up and played system football against Port Adelaide, we would have been smoked. Yeah, it's just um, the same as just the same as the Bulldogs trying to play shootout footy against probably the best shootout team in the comp in Essendon. Um, and for all yep. some Bulldogs' class and midfield strength, they couldn't run with them. They you you have to play the right sort of game style, and I I, I agree with you, Peter. I think we played. The right sort of game style for the circumstances and the conditions against the, in, against that team. Yeah, and if you looked at the halftime stats, Fane, which I'm sure you did, and you compared them to previous uh, previous games, Port were well down on their uncontested possession mm. at halftime, yeah. Yeah. and and we were comfortably winning at, um, on contested on contested ball. So yeah. those two statistics played out and. I mean, I did, the only thing I thought was, um, and just answering a question in the chat, yes, we did play that all game. We, we stuck with it the whole game. And um, it was one that, um, uh, you know, my concern was just the fact that they would eventually get us yeah. just because we're young and, yeah. you know, that type of physical grinding kind of game is pretty hard to sustain. In the end, statistically, they they end up out doing us on contested ball. They ended up getting their, contest, their uncontested the, the ball uncontested up. and um, up, yeah. And and Pete's dropped out just as he's making a really good point. <laughs> Pete, you've gone. Come back to me. <laughs> you've pulled your plug out or something. But it, it's exactly right what, what you're saying, Peter. Um, uh, the statistics stole a real story. And in the second half, well, <coughs> Port did get a little bit more. Opportunity to get some uncontested possession, and that was noticeable in the stats. And also, they started matching us around stoppage clearance and also uh, general play contested possession. And eventually, it just wore us down. And Pete's gone. I'd see. I seem to be having this thing lately with my co-host that um, 
I'd just disable them. <laughs> I don't think Mac has uh, recovered yet from the disaster that was Sunday night. He had about an hour's worth of uh, research there that he'd done, and <laughs> it was all for nothing. Uh, Are you back with me? Mate, at, least I know, at least I know how to get back now. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so anyway, that was uh, – sorry about that, but that was that was really how the game played out. And so I guess I I just felt that there just, you know, there just needed to be a level of understanding when you looked at – Statistically, if you if you if you put Riley Filth up against Charlie Dixon, who's an experienced, seasoned key forward, yeah. their statistics were almost exactly the same. And as I said, conversely, the key defender. So it was a defender's paradise out yeah. there yeah. on um, on Saturday night, a defender's paradise. And so it's very difficult to make much of either. Um, you know, from the port side of things, you would have been just as frustrated. One goal, five at half time. He would have been yeah. just as frustrated, thinking that Charlie Dixon is this and he's that and he's no good and blah blah blah. Yeah. Um. You know. So that that was my take on it. Well, and look, when you talk about Thilthorpe, we've got to remember too. He had two weeks off, didn't play any footy at all, and then he's asked to come back in in the showdown and perform. I mean, you know, give the kid a break. Well, it was made pretty clear. It was made pretty clear earlier in the week that he wasn't being called back. It was only the fact that the, all the stuff yeah. kicked off with text and yeah. ended up playing. Otherwise, he wasn't supposed to be playing at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So he's uh, cooked. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a kid, and uh, he's played on the biggest for uh, biggest defender every week since he's been playing, and uh, he's yep. worn out rightly so. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do this week with selection. Let's just touch quickly on selection as we have a look at the injuries and the club, the whole text thing, and we will talk about that in a minute, um, Pete. The whole text thing seems to have been a little bit of a catalyst for a few things happening down at the footy club. So we've got a couple of blokes that have been put away for the season. Um, Matty Crouch has been put away. Daniel Tarley has been put away. Uh, Luke Peddler did his ankle uh, in the sample on the weekend and he's been put away. Um, yep. you know, Jackson Haightley with his groin, he's been put away. Lukey Brown with his Achilles, he's gone. And, of course, you know, we've had Mitch Hinge and Wayne Miller all season basically out. So... Yep. Some blokes being put up in Cottonwall, um, and we've got Hamill and Smith unavailable this week because they're going through concussion protocol. And then later today, we also learnt that Riley O'Brien had a very minor lateral tear in his knee, and he won't probably play for the rest of the season either. So, um, I don't know, if it quacks like a duck and walks like a duck, is it a tank? (laughs) <laughs> is it a tank, Pete? <laughs> well, it's a, if it is, it's about three weeks too late. It should have yeah, maybe, that, it should have yeah. been happening before that, not the the Hawthorne game. But um, speaking of tanks, how's Hawthorne style? Yeah, they go. They've, well. uh, yeah. Al Clarkson's oh, gee, just got no stuff, you <laughs> I'm going out with some bloody straight sets wins. Uh, lose the one, they, lose the one, lose the one against us, and then all of a sudden they're, they uh, they they yeah, bounce exactly. back to being a premiership style. Sack the premiership co- coach and he goes, well, that's okay, but uh, my legacy is going to be on the back of forced trade wins <laughs> to finish off. Um, yeah, so- and I, got, I got a question for you with these injuries. Yeah. Uh, Will Hamill, someone needs to get into Will Hamill's ear um, and, in my opinion, encourage him to, if not take a year out of football, then possibly retire. Um, um, that boy, has had he's had four or five serious concussions and I, honestly, I, I just think that, you know, life's too short, mate. With what we know about concussion now, yeah. that lad, 
um, I, I fear for his future. Yeah, I must admit when I saw it happen, and I didn't see it happen live um, because I happened to be out of the room when it did happen and uh, the boys on Discord alerted me to it um, and I caught the back end of the uh, the replay, of course, and my first thought was that's got to be game over for Will. Um, mm. You know, uh, the, previous con- the previous concussions have mostly been kind of whiplash injuries, uh, you know, yeah. sling tackles and whatnot. That was a dead set you know, contact injury. I actually am surprised that he hasn't got a broken jaw or, or a fractured cheekbone out of that because when you see where Murray's uh, head contacts uh, Will's face, uh, it looked like it was dead set cheekbone. But yep. I, look, the club, it, one of the things that the club has done well is managed concussion-related matters pretty well. We're pretty experienced. We've had, you know, a few boys... Um, with long-term concussion-related matters uh, in the last five or ten years or so. So, uh, of course, Sam Siggins and Scott Stevens and Brett Riley and a few others, uh, even Tommy Lynch. Sam Shaw, yep. So um, I don't think it's something they're going to take any chances on. But I'm a bit with you. Um, Will Will Hamill seems too light for AFL football. And not only that, he, he seems, and I've said this before, seems to lack the ability to, to tense his body and actually brace. He always seems very loose. Um, and uh, that's, that's what the fourth hit he's had this season, I reckon. Yeah, he had a nasty one last year. Um, he had that sling yeah. tackle last year and then he had, he's had three or four this season. And uh, I'm with you, Pete. I think uh, the boy needs to look after himself and I hope he's getting good advice from uh, those around him. Um, to uh, have a really serious think about whether an AFL career is for him. And it must be so difficult for a lad who's grown up, you know, aspiring to be an AFL footballer, um, that all of a sudden, you know, that dream might be over. Um, But you're a long time out of footy, Pete, aren't you? Absolutely. You're a long time out of footy. And, um, yeah, as you say, I hope he's getting good advice. And I'm sure that um, uh, Adelaide having... quite rightly point out, having been involved with a number of situations, we'll be looking at it very, very closely as well. Not just from, you know, um, Will's uh, health point of view, but also just from their responsibility, I guess. Well, of course, yeah. Um, All right, so uh, we'll leave the text issue to last. Um, And just a reminder to everyone, all the 15 that are in the audience there, if any of you have something to say, uh, speak now or forever don't speak um, but we had Tommy Lynch uh, uh, be told today that he wasn't or well, announced today that he wasn't going to get another contract with the Crows I must admit out of all the um, all the old stages uh, and given his form over the last couple of weeks I'm a, I was a little surprised but pleasantly surprised because I think it's an extremely good move by the club and it shows the most decisiveness with regards to a senior player that I think we've seen for quite some time. Yeah, I think it certainly um, sends a message, and I think it, it's something that, at least, it's um, it, it, it's actually in accordance with you know, a proper rebuild. And um, so, I, like you, I was there'd been some memories, hadn't there, a few weeks ago where yep. uh, Matty Nixon at a press conference was a little bit. Um, bit non-committal. Of, uh, 
non-committal and guarded about Tom Lynch, and so that kind of planted the seed, I guess. But until you actually see it happen, you don't think it's going to. But uh, no, I think it was a it was good. It gives look, it gives Tom plenty of time to um, you know still pinch two or three years with somebody else if that's what he wants to do. Yeah. Um, but it also opens the door. I'd have I'd be very very surprised if there wasn't some kind of coaching role with us um, that was in place. Yep. Um, so we'll watch this space and see what happens with that towards the end of the year. But, um, yeah, it gives uh, everybody an opportunity to move on and seem to be handled pretty well, you know. So uh, uh, he seemed pretty resigned to it when I saw him interviewed. So um, yeah. I think it's been handled pretty well. Yeah, probably is. Uh, yeah, his attitude was probably what you'd expect from a player. I mean, let's face it, he's, only, he's 30, so he's mm. not in the grave uh, by AFL standards. No. Um, he has had a couple of uh, injury-plagued seasons, um, and James Raleigh in his presser actually touched on the fact that he hadn't played a lot of football and been out for quite some time. I, it's going to yep. be interesting to see whether Tommy... I reckon he could probably get a two-year contract somewhere, um, maybe a Carlton or a Gold Coast or a Geelong even, although I don't know about Geelong. Yep. A lot of people are saying Geelong because it's, it's where... Uh, senior players go to finish their careers but I really see a spot there uh, at Carlton for him and uh, uh, I I think if he wanted to get another million dollars out of his AFL career he could probably do it or you know 900 Um, ultimately I think the Crows want him around as a development coach slash uh, getting involved in the AFLW system Uh, so their preference would probably be for him to be state captain uh, SNFL captain I'd imagine uh, seeing mm. that Matty Wright's just about cooked. So it's going to be see, yep. interesting to see how that, that plays out. And that'll be, I mean, a lot of that will boil down to, you know, uh, I mean, he's got a young family. He's settled in Adelaide. Does he want yep. to really uproot his family for two years? You know? Yep. Um, he'd be, I think, probably looking at the fact that, you know, he can probably, um, have a good, you know, stay within the club, stay settled in Adelaide where his young family is. And, um, and still be on a good, a good wicket. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing is that uh, we have announced this uh, rather than trying to seek a trade. Um, he's an unrestricted free agent, I think. So I think there mm-hmm. was a small chance that we could have got some compensation for him, depending on what happened around others. Um, yep. But he will enter if he decides to uh, continue. He'll go into the trade period as a delisted free agent. So um, we won't get anything. So. That kind of leads me to believe that maybe there's an off-field career at Adelaide waiting for him. Yeah, that's that, that would be my very strong feeling. He's had a very, very... Everything that I've ever um, understood is that he's had a very, very positive um, influence around the club. He's held in extremely high regard. Yep. And uh, I'd be very surprised if he's lost the football club. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, now, all right. Let's uh, open the floodgates, um, uh, Peter. So, of course, it was announced uh, to some degree of surprise and shock by the uh, broader Adelaide fans that uh, uh, Taylor had uh, made a racial slur um, in a group environment at the huddle at a North Adelaide game a few weeks prior that had been overheard by um, a club official who'd reported it uh, and ended up going through the AFL process and, as a consequence, uh, Tech's got a $20,000 fine and a six-week or six-game suspension, I should say, 
which takes in the last uh, three weeks of this season and uh, the first three games of next season. Uh, consequent to that, there was you know lots of uproar and Tex uh, uh, sort of took some time away from the club and then, of course, he released uh, that pre-recorded video with Robbie Young uh, later in the week and, uh, uh, you know, uh, expressed his remorse and, and Robbie Young graciously and uh, with a lot of humility and grace, I felt, accepted his apology. What did you make of all of that, Peter? <laughs> Gee, there's quite a bit to... Um, quite a bit unpack, there. <laughs> isn't there, really? Yeah. <laughs> with, with that, but... Um, I look like everybody, like all the supporters. I was disappointed, and I, I think that you, a lot of my disappointment just comes from uh, just the fact that, um, you know, as a club, we can't seem to stay out of the, the, the headlines for the wrong reasons. And um, Tex being a, you know, one of the senior members of the club, I, I just felt, you know, the the level of um, unawareness that that would have taken to be in that environment mm. where you've got a lot of people around. Yeah. It's in a public in a public space where there's people around, yeah. Um, to um, to be speaking in those, it's one thing to you know none of us know none of us know what goes on behind closed doors. No, but to be speaking in those terms um, just showed a lack of awareness as much as anything, and um, and that's not to downplay the main issue. Yeah, I guess that that lack of awareness and to expose himself and. By extension, the club um, was was really really disappointing because it's just the last thing that um, that you know is needed. Um, yep. So the interesting thing I think that um, that played out today was Tim Silvers, um, which we saw that grab, but yeah, backpedalling um, a little bit. There was there was a real backpedalling about his future with the club. But now you know I would I would hate to think that's that he's played. Uh, his last game for the club um, and to go out on that note. But um, given the fact that he has given great service, um, so, but, yeah, he, um, he he has put himself in a position where, you know, he's going to, you know, um, allow, you know, he's committed, he's committed an act which will allow others to judge how his career finishes, not him. So he's lost control. Yep. of that situation, and he'll just now have to sit back and, and deal with with, um, with whatever consequences ultimately arise. Yeah, and some of those consequences, Peter, I think are going to be slightly uh, unfair on him um, mm-hmm. or disproportionate, I think. I think he's uh, yep. unfortunately going to be thrust into the media spotlight continuously over the next six months. Um, and the scrutiny on him to some degree is going to be unjust. Um, also, there's, you know, what he said was absolutely ridiculous. Um, it was the wrong thing to say by anybody, but for somebody to say that, somebody of his stature within the club to say that in that environment, amongst teammates, some of whom are also Indigenous, and around other Indigenous people, uh, just showed a, a, a distinct lack of respect um, yep. and thoughtlessness, you know. Um, so, but I, I will, uh, I will note that uh, Tex is a human being, and 
uh, is probably the product of his Broken Hill upbringing, which um, yep. has probably influences his vernacular and his turn of phrase and perhaps some of his thought process. We can't really speculate on that. Um, but as a human being, and given that a lot of people close to him, such as Bernie Vince, etc., have said that he's uh, uh, pretty down, um, we do have to make sure, I think as a club, uh, that we safeguard Tex and his family because love him or hate him, and love the things that he does or hate the things that he does. He's given an enormous amount of his life to date to the Adelaide Football Club. Um, yep. And the club do owe him some duty of care around his own mental health, in my in my opinion. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Being as, as absolutely that side to it. And, um, you know, we have to, uh, the club has a, you know, just a, a responsibility to text like it does to any player on their list. Yeah. Um, to to make sure that those um, those issues issues are dealt with. So, um, um, you know, the, the club's in an extremely difficult situation. Yeah. Because we, you know, what we don't know is is how the players internally have reacted to that. Mm. Um, we don't know how the club's indigenous players have reacted to that. Um, you know, we. Everyone's talking about that we're, you know, ringing off the phone to Isaac Rankin up in the Gold Coast to come down to us. Well, you know, how does that affect? And, you know, all of those little things, all sort of little things to consider, isn't there? Exactly. Um, and so um, I think, um, I, I think though, the underlying issue or point that you make is well made, and that is that, you know, there, there is a, there's absolutely a responsibility. And I think that the, the way that, you know, with social media can be is that we can, you know, pile on to people that make mistakes. And, yeah. um, you know, like I, um, look, there was the example, sorry, just to go a little bit off board, but there was the example of that English cricketer, wasn't there, who, you know, played a, he played a test match, did well, but then there was, he made tweets, you know, racist tweets yep. previously, and they dropped him, but, you know, they, he had his time out and they brought him back. They, yep. you know, so, I mean, I think that you would find, and you look at the, um, um, you know, when we had the Eddie Betts issue with the banana being thrown on the ground and things like that. Yeah. You know, the, um, you know, there was a lot of outrage and blah, 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 but, you know, there was, you know, that, that, that person was, you know, it was all about, you know, getting that person to education programs and, and things like that. And so you don't want to, I don't think the answer to the problem more broadly is ostracising no. these people. It's if you know if you can see that they've you know that they've made a mistake, yeah, and they're prepared to put their hand up and say, look, I really, you know, um, I own this, and I, you know, I'm, yeah. not, I'm prepared to. Then you have to, you know, you need, you know, it's humanity, isn't it? You better go with it. Well, and you know, I think it says a lot about Robbie Young uh, that he, um, you know, was willing to participate in Texas uh, apology. Um, he certainly didn't um, have to by any stretch. Um, yep. You know, and irrespective of the fact that uh, that um, you know uh, he didn't hear the original um, uh, comment, he's obviously been made aware of it. Um, and uh, then you get the other side of the coin. And I replied to a tweet uh, from Nova Paris. I don't know whether you got around that one, P 
Peter. Yep. And uh, I just looked it up to quote the original tweet, but because Nova has now blocked me from her account, uh, because she's all about uh, free speech and, you know, all that, I can't actually quote her tweet, but she used words to the effect when describing texts uh, as a redneck and a redneck racist. Um, mm. And, you know, you've got, on the one hand, you've got Robbie Young showing conciliation and, and a willingness to be part of the solution uh, with text, and then you've got the absolute bile that was tweeted by Nova Paris, who is uh, uh, an OAM and it's a self-appointed, you know, spokesperson for Indigenous culture and all the rest of it. And uh, I've got nothing but disdain for people on either side of any fence when it comes to perpetuating the problem. And all, all Nova's done with her comments on radio and on Twitter is to try and perpetuate and inflame a problem Whereas Robbie Young, uh, for all his on-field foibles, and yes, he was niggling Matty Crouch pretty hard, uh, chose to be part of the solution. And uh, I commend Robbie Young for that, and I think people like Nova Paris, um, who purport to uh, represent a certain section of the community, need to, uh, particularly with her profile, need to uh, show a little bit more circumspectiveness is that a word and actually try to be part of the solution i don't know be part of the solution yeah. instead of just inflaming the problem oh yeah i mean like i saw a bit of um thanks circumspection Rabbit. thanks circumspection. Rabbit. Not, not circumcision uh, circumspect circumspect yeah well i was just i, I got a yeah i got a bit twisted but <laughs> anyway let's move on <laughs> but no i yeah i saw a bit today also about the fact that you know because of the because Robert Young was in the video that um, you know here we have again you know Indigenous people doing the heavy lifting you know why why is you know why is text looking like the victim I think that we have to be really really careful um, to jump into Robert Young's shoes and assume you know why or why not he has involved himself in this now yeah yeah I think you have to what you have to say is that well um, nobody's forced him to do that, I'm sure. He's obviously decided that he's happy to do that. And as you say, he's chosen to be part of the solution rather than be part of the problem. Yeah. And if he's comfortable and if he's okay with being there and saying, you know, um, I'm happy to be a sounding board supporting you through this and get yourself educated, then I think yeah. that's a great thing. I think it's, yeah. you know, good on him. And I don't think that the, the whole thing should be criticised just because you know, that some people want to look at that and say, well, it's got the appearance of, you know, the um, the Indigenous person having to do all the work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. So, anyway. anyway. Yeah. Now, Crow's it's on a tricky account. one. There's, no, there's no easy answers. It's a tricky one. There's no easy answers. Yeah, no. And just for Crow's on the chat, uh, considering uh, the colour of my son's hair, yes, uh, only... As Tim Minchin would say, only gingers are, call, are allowed to call another ginger ginger. Um, and uh, uh, Cam used to get called Ranger all the time. I mean, it's not even close to the same, but uh, he actually steered into the, into the skid and it became his nickname. But, uh, yeah, in this circumstance, um, it's going to be a tough road out for, for Tex Pete. 
Um, I'm, it is. Yeah. I'm a bit 50-50 about what happens next season uh, with him. Uh, my gut feel is that he will want to... Uh, he's, a, he's a proud person, and I think he will, he will want to come back and, uh, for want of a better phrase, clear his name or you know set things straight or uh, leave a positive uh, end to his uh, legacy. Um, I'm not sure whether, first of all, the team will uh, enable that, um, and secondly, whether the media will allow it. Yeah, I think, um, I guess I'd sort of, I guess term it as being able to leave on your own terms. Yeah, I think that yeah. what he'll want to do is, it, yes, he'll want to come back and he'll want to retire on his own terms and um, he'll want to do his best to restore his reputation because I think he, he knows that if he finishes now, then no other club is going to look at him, of course. And, oh, God, no. And this will be forever his legacy. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so that's a, it's going to be really, really tricky, but I just have a funny feeling that um, with Tim Silver's doing that backflip today that there has things, you know, may, and we're, we're only speculating, mm. things may have happened internally um, that yeah. um, has led to, you know, that, that decision being out of Texas' hands. Yeah, and look, it might have just been uh, wishful thinking or... Uh, a, a mirage, but what I saw from uh, the efforts of our young players on Saturday night, when everyone had us lined up from a, for an absolute belting after a shocker of a week, uh, what I saw was um, some real determination uh, to carry the club forward. And um, you know, the younger generation they are far less tolerant of racist remarks and racism in general than even the Gen Xs really and um, I'm not sure whether the young lads will be able to give Tex the same level of respect that they may have done prior and I think that will hurt Tex immensely Um, so I I think you know, if I was if I was a betting man and I was putting money on this situation, I think we might actually see a quiet retirement from the game with a statement, uh, maybe in January sometimes. Yeah. Yep, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Would not surprise me at all. Yeah, uh, and it's a sad way for a club champion to finish. Um, mm. You know, uh, but unfortunately, you make your bed and you lie And this, this will be part of Texas' bigger picture. This is part of Texas' life story, you know. And that's yep. where I hope he gets the support that he needs, and that this isn't yep. the last we see of Tex at the Adelaide Football Club in some sort of capacity. And hopefully, it enables him to move forward with his life, with his young family, and with his mates, um, and actually make a difference, whether it be you know, within the Indigenous com- community or just for his own family. You know, this, this is part of yeah. his life story now. Yeah, that's so, right. And he's just going to have to... He'll just have to accept that he has uh, done something which has caused him to now likely lose control of how he determines or yeah. how the end of his career is determined. Yeah. He'll just have to obviously accept whichever way it goes and, as you say, just make the best of, you know, whatever situation. Yeah. Um, Having said that, um, Peter, uh, and look, again, we've got 16 in the audience. If anyone has an opinion on the tech situation, uh, feel free to have your two cents. 
some really good comments in the chat. Uh, it's a very uh, solid conversation about it tonight. I think we're all a bit raw on Sunday about it, but uh, um, pretty good tonight. Um, you know, I I felt... I, you know, I went to the shops on Saturday morning, Pete and I, and I instinctively took my crow's top off before I went to the shops. And I... I don't even know why I did it. Really, it was a it was a reaction rather than a considered thing. But you know, tonight I'm quite happy to wear my crow's top again. I think the dust has settled. I think it, we were all so very shocked about what happened. But what really uh, turned a lot of people around from um, from being so disheartened about what happened to actually having a little bit of hope again, I think, were two things. First of all, the transparency that the club showed. Um, because it's refreshing for the club to be as tr- transparent as they was as they were about the situation, um, and mm-hmm. to not try and cover it up, not try to handle it internally, not try to dismiss it. Um, we went through the proper channels, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that that's a, a good thing. Um, secondly, the fact that the um, the club official felt that he was in an environment where he could raise that. I think that's a big tick for the uh, changes in culture at the club. But yep. most importantly, it was the effort put on by the young lads on Saturday night, and it was the grit and guts and determination they showed against a finals-bound t- side um, with yep. everything to play for, a top-two spot, Port Adelaide, let's not forget. Um, we could have easily rolled over, but uh, we played very, very well. And to my mind, it was the, the youngsters that carried us close to the win, and it was actually some of the senior players that may have made one or two mistakes that, uh, in the end, could have proved costly. Yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. And um, I think, um, without wanting to sound silly about it, it was a, we had a distraction of the Olympics, which I think we, you know, kind of just had our mind generally off of AFL, it certainly did for me. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm a massive basketball fan and I was I had the phone on it for about yeah. three quarter time watching the bronze medal game. Leads me to think, Fane, I mean, you know, Paddy Mills, you know, is a club ambassador yeah. of the Adelaide Crows. What what does, it, what does it cost us to fly him out and spend a week at the club and do a bit of culture building yeah. at the club? Yeah. Wouldn't it would there be would there be a better bloke in the in the world to come in and do some culture building at your club than Paddy Mills. Hundred percent, Peter, and he'd love to do it. He's a staunch Adelaide fan. Uh, you know, yep. he's a patron, etc. I think he's out. Isn't he our number one ticket holder? Uh, he's chosen number one. He's definitely an ambassador. I think Leighton's yeah. still the number one ticket holder, but he's certainly an ambassador. Yeah. And um, see if the money was right, um, you'd love to get him. But anyway, sorry, I, I digress. But yes, you're right. It was a brilliant effort from the young kids. Harry Sean Bede was quite unbelievable um, the, in that game as well. 30 touches in butt. 50% game time, Pete. <laughs> Ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he Jordan turned it over a little Murray bit, but bloody hell. Yeah. They were fantastic. In, they were unbelievable in defence, those two boys. You know, yeah. um, A lot of really good stuff. Is it, a, is it an indictment on defenders, Peter? that the best defenders to play for this club have largely been off the rookie list. <laughs> and yet the the lad, and no, this isn't against Fisher Mackesy because he hadn't, hasn't had the opportunity yet. Um, but, um, uh, you know, we've had Benny Rutten and a few others come off that rookie list and be star defenders. Now we've got Geordie Butts, a, a rookie, and Nick Murray who came from, you know, Z-grade ammos or whatever. Um, yep. 
It's not hard to be a defender in AFL footy, is it, mate? It's not hard. <laughs> no, our next emerging key defender is, of course, is Billy Frampton. Yeah, and, uh, just taking, taking the world by storm. Yeah, yeah. So, I think it was only really Daniel Tarley. Well, Daniel Tarley was picked 12, 10, eleven or twelve or something, wasn't he? But, yeah, yeah. But, um, so he's, he's, he's the outlier. Yeah. He's the outlier, and so anyway, yeah, it, it's absolutely right. I think that you know it is a it's a position where really you shouldn't need to spend a lot of uh, a lot of capital to me, but. Well, you know, it's actually a, you know, all jokes aside, and I, I like taking the piss out of defenders just like I take, like taking the piss out of drummers, um, you know. But I think you're right, Peter. I think uh, I think uh, using high draft capital on uh, key defenders, I think, is a little bit of a, a little bit of a waste of a pick because I think they're usually unfashionable. They're not often highly skilled. Um, you know, their biggest weapon is their ability to concentrate, uh, you know, to be quick thinkers and to be able to close down opponents. And that's a special set of skills that I don't think is recognised uh, as a high draft pick set of skills. Do you know what I mean? So I think you can afford to go down the down the list a little bit because you're likely to find a player like that down at 40, 50, you know, or even rookie list. Oh, Crowies brings up Phil Davis and Lever, and Pete's gone again because I made a good point and he didn't like it. He's probably a defender. Um, but yeah, stop stop messing up my logic, Crowies. Um, it's back in your box. <laughs> Pete, are you back now? Yes, mate. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so we've got uh, two games to go, Peter. And uh, we've got Melbourne this week, uh, and uh, there will be some changes. Obviously, we've got Riley O'Brien out. We've got uh, it'll be interesting to see if Tommy Lynch plays. You would think not. Think you'll, you no, think, think not. Play. You reckon he'll play? I think. Yeah, I think he'll play. I think they'll give him two more games. Okay, I, I was thinking they might give him the North game, being a home game. You know, as a farewell. But I wondered whether they might give Lockie uh, Gallant a bit of a a bit of a crack before the end of the season. I wish they would, but I think that with um, we've got um, uh, Tex out, O'Brien out. I reckon you know that there's a couple of things. I mean, they could they could ruck they could put Elliot into the ruck, um, perhaps squeeze Lockie Gallant somehow you know um, into to a smaller forward line. I guess they could. Brings um, Strachan in, yeah. Um, so there's a few sort of options there on, on how they're going to deal with this, but they've also got Brody Smith to replace. They got Will Hamill to replace. So yeah. you know, there's quite an injury list. Um, possibly even a good chance to play Fisher up forward this week as well. You know, That's what I'd like to see. I'd actually forward. like them to see to play Fish ahead of Riley. I don't think Riley didn't look right, uh, not in terms of injury, but just in terms of uh, no. overall energy levels. No, he's not there, and I'd rather see them put him away. Um, was it Strawn? Sorry. Um, <laughs> so I, they're they're on it there, tonight in the chat. They're so, just absolutely on fire. They're on us tonight. So, um, so Strawny, um, Ben Davis, 
did a couple of good things in the last quarter. He might stay as a as, yeah. as a replacement for um for or Hamill. Brody's, yeah, or um, either or, yeah. or, or Smith. So yeah. uh, any there's, any there's, chance there's, there's just quite a bit of to do. Uh, well, I guess you know if you're looking to replace Smith, I guess a taller player across back half back. I mean, you could bring in Worrell and Davis because there's two you know there's two to replace there. Yeah, two defenders. Yeah. yeah. Replace. So there's quite a few holes this week, Shane. Quite a few holes. Yes, and we're coming up against probably the most formidable uh, pairing in the midfield uh, in uh, Petrarca and Oliver. Um, and uh, you know we were serviceable, but uh, we kind of had low output from Benny Keys and Rory Sloan. Sloan spent a bit of time up forward. We had good output, obviously, from. Harry and Rory Laird, who I thought was a real workhorse inside uh, for the match, um, but uh, I struggle to struggle to think how we're going to be able to shut them down, particularly without Riley O'Brien to at least break even with Gorn. Well, I think they'll be pretty motivated, Train, after dropping a game to us earlier in the year. I think that, yeah. that will uh, they'll be they'll, they'll be up and about for this game. I, I think um, you know it'll be an extremely difficult. Assignment for us, so that won't sound too negative. I think it'd be very, very difficult. So I think they'll just plug, plug the holes where they can. But I'm with you. I, I hope they just bring Riley straight back out, rethink that, either bring Strawn in or Rack Elliot, maybe bring Fisher in, and, um, and then use or Frampton. Yep, another taller they could bring back in, and yep. then perhaps Ben Davis and Wall to to fill the plug those holes down at half back. Um, and just uh, just to round out the showdown chat, I forgot to mention uh, young Braden Cook, mate. That wasn't a bad debut oh, either, was, was it? He? Yeah, good was he. We've only been saying for the last, what, two months, the kid needs a kick. <laughs> give him a game, for God's sakes. They give him he a game, he picks up, good. what, 17 touches, 19 touches or whatever it was? 17 touches and don't ever, um, in football, don't ever undersell the skill involved in getting yourself into space. And yeah. He's a very, very clever player in that regard and yeah. um, gets himself into space and uh, makes the game look that it's a much easier game to play when there's nobody else around, isn't it? Well, uh, but even in tight, a couple of times he sold a bit of candy to get himself a bit of separation. Uh, I thought yep. really promising signs. He obviously needs to go and work out a little bit more. The feedback that I've got is that he's always been a scoring kid, um, but yep. uh, they need to just uh, build up his core a little bit. But... Uh, he uh, he will be a handy forward, I think, uh, Braden, and uh, yep. hopefully we get to see a bit of Lockie Glant before the end of the year because I I think uh, he also has a future. Maybe as that third tall, uh, sort of even fourth forward, sort of mid size yep. X factor type. You know what I mean? Absolutely. What what we've been missing from say is Shane McAdam. McAdam, exactly. Yeah. I did so, have one, before we round out, Fane, I do have one t- little, little minor topic that I did want to just throw up at you. Sure. What did you, what did you think about today, the announcement of Jason Horn changing his name and adding um, the uh, Fabian Francis item? Uh, well, it's an interesting topic, isn't it? And uh, we'll be very careful about what we say, of course. <laughs> And uh, people on people on the chat, 
uh, be very careful about what you say. Thank you, because I'm still publishing this, which means I'm responsible for what you bloody write. Um, yeah. Well, I, we can just look. I, can we I, just I, my, my take on it was he's showing su- he's showing support for his uh, for his uh, stepfather, who's uh, going to do a, a stint for some for some mistakes that he himself made uh, a few years ago. That's my take on it. I don't think there's any yeah. more to it than that. I, look, I th- some yeah, people put a Port Adelaide connotation on it. I, I think it's reasonably well known that Jason Barrett's for Port Adelaide, and I think if he had a, pres- a, pre- a preference, uh, that he would prefer to be at Port. But I think like any young uh, kid wanting to play AFL, I don't think he'd sneeze at being drafted by any of the 18 clubs, to be honest with you. Um, no, so no. I, don't, I don't read anything into it more than that. Be cool. All right, well, uh, the audience has been strangely quiet this evening, but that's okay. We've unpacked quite a bit, Peter. Um, So thanks to everyone who's joined us uh, tonight on YouTube and also on Discord, whether it be in the live show chat or the live studio. Don't forget, if you want to support uh, the Crowcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast and support us. Just a reminder, too, on game days, a few people have been saying... Where the hell are the tweets on game day? Well, all the action, Peter, is in the game day chat on Discord. So if you hadn't uh, got around the game day chat on Discord or you haven't joined our Discord server, we're up to about 218 members now, which is really good. Um, Get on board. Get around it. I'll try and keep Pete under control because he he does get passionate, Peter. You do get passionate occasionally. We all get passionate occasionally. I'll dial it right back, don't worry. (laughs) But, you know, we work hard to make it a safe space. It's not big footy. It's not a a place to rant and rave. So uh, Razor knows all about that. (laughs) So get around the game day Discord server chat. It's really good fun. And uh, in any case, Peter, it's been good to have you again. And uh, everyone, we, we will see you again on Sunday night for the wrap. Until then, stay safe and we'll see you then. Cheers.